0: Football Fire, this is the Pyro Podcast, show 303. And we're fired up to give you a doozy today, dropping that fantasy football knowledge, giving you that goo like only your boys at Pyro Maniac can. And this week, obviously, we are doing the AFC and NFC Conference Championship Games. So we got the uh, down to four final teams. Today, I'm excited to have Houdini on the other end of an Uber Conference. Uh, we will be recording remotely with one another, uh, obviously with two games only. Shouldn't run too long. Um, your um, Lonesome Dove-level mic series podcast from Pyro might run short this week.
1: What's up, buddy? What's going on, D-Rex? This is the uh, most exciting final week of football, uh, and then you have the usually anticlimactic Super Bowl, although we've had some good ones uh, as of late. True. Could you imagine
0: what, – what are your thoughts? Let's talk quickly about that. What are your thoughts if it is the Eagles against the Jaguars?
1: <laughs> well, let's put it this way. If it's the Eagles versus the Jaguars or if it's the Vikings versus the Jaguars, you're losing your big offensive uh, push to a game. So uh, I think everybody out there is kind of rooting for at least New England to be in there to have offense. Although I, I almost kinda of think it would be really interesting to have a Jags versus Vikings in Minnesota, first team ever playing for their uh for their title. But if you remember, I said it as we made our picks at the beginning of uh of the playoffs, I would I was on Minnesota and I was on New England. So my two Super Bowl teams are still left.
0: I like it. I like it. Yeah, it's uh it should be exciting. Hopefully these uh I mean it's it's crazy that going into the AFC and NFC weekend that uh, the quarterback standing would be Blake Bortles, Nick Foles, Case Keenum, and then obviously with the one that we probably thought would be there, Tom Brady. So um, obviously uh, not as uh, maybe Vegas had uh, drawn it up at the beginning of the season, but nonetheless should be exciting. Um, we will get into the first game, which is going to be the Jaguars at the Patriots. These games are both going to be on Sunday, January twenty first. This game starts at three oh five Eastern. Um, you know, just give a little background. The um, Odd Shark, you know, one of these gambling sites, uh, thinks that the score is going to be twenty nine point nine for the Patriots, to sixteen point two. So that they've got it being kind of a blowout, and um, Vegas has the line at eight point negative eight point five. For the Patriots, which uh, seems like a lot to me, but let's uh, let's do our thing here and get into the games. And uh, we always like to start off with the visiting team, so let's start with the Jaguars.
1: Well, let's let's think about what the Jaguars ha- have been doing, right? Because it's not that they've been blistering anybody with offense, you know. Even though they scored forty-five points last week, and and granted, it was only. Um, you know, one uh, one defensive touchdown. It, passing, it was a 214 yards passing for Bortles with one touchdown. And where everything happened from was from the running game. You know, the, they ran the ball 35 times. Uh, Leonard Fournette was the man, right? And uh, they scored four touchdowns on the ground. That was a huge difference. And, and that's pretty much been the story of Jacksonville and what they want to do. So let's go back. If we go back into, into the regular season. So the last four regular season games for Jacksonville, and then into the the two playoff games here that we've had, they have not run the ball less than 24 times in a game. They've only run the ball less than 30 times uh, twice out of those six games and have rushed the ball for 34 or more times, four times. Mm-hmm. So that's how they that's how they win. They get their scoring on the ground. They had in the, in those six games, they've scored a total of uh, ten rushing touchdowns. While conversely, in the same time, they've scored a total of uh, five, seven, nine passing touchdowns. Yeah, they're uh, and I think
0: yeah, their their pat- their passing attack. Obviously, um, when Robinson went down, and when you've got Blake Bortles leading the charge, it's going to be a little hurting. Um, I don't think any of us, you and I know that who the tight end is, Mercedes Lewis, but I don't think that guy's done a thing in ages. Um, it's pretty much D.D. Um, Westbrook. Not really. Uh, I like him as a player, but nothing too uh, exciting there. Um, and then you've got Marquise Lee and you got Hearns. So the expectations, uh, anything, um, I think personally are pretty low. But on the flip side of this, Knowing Bill Belichick and knowing how he approaches games and the old, you know, take out the other team's best player, that tells us that the Patriots are going to focus on Leonard Fournette and focus on the ground game and say, all right, Portals, all right, young cast of small, um, you know, jitterbuggy kind of, uh, and young, in most cases, receivers, let's see if you can beat us to get to the big game.
1: Well, I, I, I get that. But at the same time, what they're also doing is that they're letting Blake Bortles do a lot of running as well. So, you know, I look at where, you know, again, the the Jaguars understand if they're going to be successful, it's going to have to be based off of their ground game. That's They have to use the ground game to set up the pass game. You know, you're, you're not looking at any of the players on the Jacksonville receivers that you mentioned. You can throw Keelan Cole in there as well that you're going to get any type of consistent production out of. But if you're going to look at this from a matchup standpoint, you're going to say that I'm going to expect that they're going to have to throw the ball more than they have in their previous three games, which was all against playoff teams. That's Pittsburgh, Buffalo, and Tennessee, the final week of the regular season. So they're going to have to throw the ball more than they have in those three games, which I think if you total it, it's less than 500 yards So, (laughs) so, uh, with with two touchdowns. So I I look at this and you say, okay, well, New England should be able to kind of put some points up. But what the Jaguars are going to do is is that defense, right, that defense that's going to keep them in games, hopefully create some shorter fields for them and kind of keep them in it. If that happens, and if they stay committed to the run and just don't let New England do what New England did to Tennessee last week, which was just run away, then you might actually be able to make a game out of this. But they're going to need balanced attack, and I, I from I think they can make it close. I don't know. I, I understand how they got into Pittsburgh's head. I don't know how they're going to get into Tom Brady's head.
0: Yeah, yeah I think off, I think defensively, I think the Patriots are in a great spot. Remember on our early shows. Um, You know, and I'm I'm still talking about the Jaguar side of the ball, but I'm talking about Patriots' defense against them. Um, You remember on our early shows, it was just crazy how many points were being put up the first four or so weeks against the Patriots. And it was, we thought that, God, it was almost great for Patriots and Brady. Um, And that was when he had his big games, actually, because they were like the Phoenix Suns of of Steve Nash year, where they just had to light it up. It was going to be a a scoring uh, fest. Um, just incredible how they've turned it around um, and p- pulled that defense together really with makeshift players like only Belichick can do. Uh, I'm sorry to keep blowing the BB over here, but the guy's just such a beast. Um, you know, in all honesty, last weekend, uh, they they set a uh, they set a playoff record for um, eight sacks. Uh, and that, actually, that's a franchise record in general, not even for the playoffs. Um, so last week they had eight sacks against the Titans, which is um, pretty fucking incredible uh, considering how shitty that team started off. Uh, another little stat to throw out there is that the Patriots are 10-1 and against the Jaguars. Um, so the only time they lost was before Brady was even in the league. That was 1999. Um, so the Patriots, you know, this is obviously a different Jaguars team, but the Patriots – measurably are um, matching up pretty well as a franchise against them. It's easy to say.
1: Yeah, well, okay, it's interesting here. So let's talk about New England's defense and kind of what they did down the stretch, their last four regular season games, and then against Tennessee. So you mentioned the sacks. That, that was huge. That's not something that you were able to count on <laughs> the regular season, though. So I, I look at that as more of an outlier and an anomaly, right? But what they've done. So you go back to – let's go back to uh, their – the game that they lost against Miami right so it was a 27 20 loss they allowed uh, 263 passing yards by Jay Cutler with three touchdowns and no interceptions and Miami was able to run on them pretty well too 30 times for 120 yards the following week they had the very close game against Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh through for 281 yards against them, two touchdowns and an interception. And again, heavy run, 31 carries for 143 yards and a score. Since then, that defense has just been enveloping uh, the teams that they play. Now, granted, it was Tennessee, the Jets, and Buffalo before that. So these are not phenomenal offenses. But 281 yards to Buffalo passing with no touchdowns held them to 84 yards rushing on 24 carries. Now that's LaShawn McCoy. Then they go against the Jets. They held the Jets to 40 yards rushing on 19 carries and only allowed 232 passing yards. Again, no touchdowns. Last week against the Titans, uh, Mariota threw for 254 yards with two scores, but where the, the, the Titans were supposed to get the bulk of their offense was through that running game, 16 carries for 65 yards. They were never able to establish the run, and then they had to abandon it to try to play catch-up. Now, that is exactly what they're going to try to do to Jacksonville. They're going to try to put out as many points as possible so that Jacksonville is forced to have to go away from Leonard Fournette. How well the Jaguars' defense keeps that Fournette as a viable option is probably as, as long as Jacksonville has a chance to win the game.
0: I couldn't agree with that more. Couldn't agree with that more. If uh, the Patriots start able to put points on the board early, um, it's going to be say V, the sayonara uh, because then even at that point, uh, then what you're going to see is you're going to see Blake Bortles, you know, trying his best with his arm, but he's going to start running the shit out of the ball. You and I both know that he's going to be running like crazy. And I think they'll, they'll just destroy him. He's just going to get just pelted. He's going to get tired. If it, the pressure that goes on to Bortles um, just tenfold if they're even down 10 points uh, after the first quarter, I think. Um, so that is obviously, I couldn't agree more, that the Patriots game plan on offense is let's put the pedal to the metal and then we then not make any mistakes and just be us and we're going to be in good shape to win this. Um,
1: well, and think about how important that let is. is. Let's, let's go back and look at what the, the success story was for Jacksonville. To beat Pittsburgh, it was that they got up twenty-one to nothing. Right? It well, was that their defense completely turned them over and gave them the early lead. Then, once you got into the third quarter, all of a sudden the game started getting a hell of a lot closer, and they had to pull a rabbit out of their hat here and there. But you know, they 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 got it at the end. Uh, but it, when it, when it was forty-two to thirty-five, it was it was two minutes left you basically said to yourself man if this game was 6 more minutes left on the clock Jacksonville's going to lose
0: and i think they would have lost regard if if they hadn't gone for that onside kick easy to say now hindsight but when they went for that onside kick knowing when they were showing the stat on how many um you know their their percentage on the onside kicks in the Tomlin era which is terrible like just they've been atrocious maybe like uh, i forget what the number is but it was a terrible number i was like why are they going for it? They got some timeouts. They've got uh, about two minutes to go. Um, you know, the argument could be that the Steelers weren't really stopping the Jaguars and that they felt like they had to do it. But in my opinion, we saw how after they got the field goal, the Jaguars, the, the Steelers went down and marched that ball down. Like I don't know if it was to prevent defense of the Jaguars or the play calling, um, play calling by the guy Todd Haley who just got canned. Um yeah. <laughs> I right. I think it's weird. Um but the, if I think if they don't do that onside kick, I think we got a Steelers uh Patriots Super Bowl. Well,
1: and no, this is
0: this it is up, a, it in overtime.
1: Yeah, this is this is the point though. What happens is that if the if the Jaguars offense is not able to, to sustain time on the field, that defense gets tired. And so here's the the point that you were saying. The Jaguars scored a touchdown with 10:34 left to go in the fourth quarter. That was the four net run to go up 35, 21 within uh, what, a minute and 25, 30 seconds at nine Oh five left. That's the 43 yard pass to uh, Antonio Brown. Then the Jaguars get the score at four minutes and 19 seconds left with the, with the Tommy Bohannon touchdown. And then two minutes later, there's Le'Veon Bell with the score. Then the Jaguars get that field goal and, and then, and then there's the game. So they were the defense. This is where again they have to really, and this is where we'll, what we'll see because the one thing that New England has not been pressured since basically that Pittsburgh and Miami games—the loss and then the close win—was a team that ran the ball more than thirty times and got over a hundred yards against them.
0: Yeah, no, it's 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 true, and you know I, I think that. <sighs> What what's to be said about Leonard Fournette? I mean, let's be honest. When he hurt himself, he looked, he was grimacing. He went to the locker room, came back, um, but he wasn't. The, he certainly wasn't the same after he came back. I mean, his his numbers were um, were terrific uh, before he got injured. Uh, I don't have him in front of me, but it was something like twelve carries for eighty yards and three touchdowns. And then he came back and had like twelve carries for like ten yard, twelve yards, maybe twenty. Uh, and no touchdowns, so um, I, I, I'm worried about that. Is he is, is Fournette okay?
1: Well, look, the, the thing that you have to say is that I have to feel confident about him because he felt okay enough to be able to come back and play in that game, whether he was effective or not. So it wasn't like you had wasn't playing on like a high ankle sprain or something like that. He, he had mobility. So now that he's had the time to rest it, now that he's had the time to prepare for this one, I think that he'll be fine. Now, again, just if he tweaks it or if anything happens to Fournette, that's where your offense is. There is no way that you can paint me a roadmap that tells me how Jacksonville gets to the Super Bowl without Leonard Fournette probably scoring two touchdowns and having a phenomenal game, or at least a heavy, heavy workload and just a, a workmanlike effort with a strong defensive play.
0: For sure. Did, did you see, I tweeted yesterday, um, he got rear-ended like a little fender bender in his Mercedes um, yes, I think I'm pretty sure this was yesterday and a, a, a young kid, like just learning how to drive or just getting his license recently, rear-ended him and knocked his bumper off of his Benz. Um, oh. he's totally okay. But like the, it, this was on the highway. I'm pretty sure. And like state troopers came basically the bumper came off the car. He signed the bumper and gave it to the first responder.
1: That's awesome.
0: <laughs> Is that yeah. the best piece of like sports memorabilia of all time? I got the Leonard Fournette Mercedes bumper with his signature on it, um, le- hanging up in my man cave.
1: Yeah, well, well, he brings it home, and his wife goes, what the fuck is that? He's
0: like, this is going above our mantelpiece. I don't and care. She goes, it's, if that's, that's going
1: above, kids, above uh, the, the mantelpiece, it's gone. <laughs> she said, if that's over the mantelpiece, I'm gone.
0: It's like, okay.
1: Bell nice you wine-dini in it over there I'm a wine nice is it out of a box or out of a bottle well oh, we're out of a box you know got to have the multiple use I love it I saw um at the grocery store the other day I
0: saw a woman behind me bought that wine box that you like to get and I looked at her and you know me I'm usually very talkative and a smart ass in the line but she looked all grumpy and I was like you know what and I wanted to be like hey you wine Dini in it over there <laughs> look at me like uh what the fuck you talking about idiot like uh, i've decided you know what i'm just gonna help this uh person bag my groceries
1: i i think that was a wise decision
0: me too um a little quickly while we'll um you know just so we can extend this show a little bit Um, I know that I'm catching a little bit off guard, but I do have something that's interesting that we can talk about quickly before we uh, continue on with this Jaguars-Patriots game. We've got plenty to talk about um, still on that first game on this Sunday. But um, NFL announced uh, earlier in the week uh, their three London games for next uh, year. Um, I'll read them out to you. Seahawks are going to be playing the Raiders. That's the first one, October 14th. Um, then the Philadelphia Eagles will be playing the Jaguars, who we're talking about now. Uh, that one's gonna The first one's going to be at Tottenham Stadium, uh, 14th of October. Then this Eagles-Jacksonville uh, games, they don't know whether it's going to be the October 21st or the 28th, but this one's going to be at Wembley. And then the third game that the NFL is putting out there is the Titans at the Los Angeles Chargers. That one's at Wembley as well, so that'll be either October 28th or 23rd. Would you or any of your buddies ever go to, uh, out to London to see
1: a game? You know, I mean, I, I, I probably would, right? You know, why not? Uh, it would probably be an easy ticket to get. They never sell out the stadium. Uh. The
0: stadiums there are so huge. I mean, those are friggin' enormous. They hold like 110,000.
1: Yeah, I mean, of course, sure, I would. I mean, I've gone and done a, a trip to watch the Bears uh, in, in on playing on Monday night in in, uh, in New York. Why wouldn't I go to, to London for sure?
0: Well, maybe we should start talking, and uh, maybe we should pick one of those games and and fire it up. If that if that could happen, um, that that sounds uh, those games actually sound pretty good. The ones that we've been seeing of late, I feel like, are pretty ugly. But um, all these teams are playoff
1: caliber teams. Well, the, the, the situation is, is that the NFL, every team, uh, the, the Bears are going to have to go to London at some point in time here. So uh, they were thought that they might have to go this year, but because they were so bad, they didn't want to give London a bad product. And so what they're trying to do, because as you're correct, they've had a lot of bad games. Now, if you were to have looked at it, and, and again, you know, Tennessee and the Chargers, that sounds great, but is Tennessee all that exciting of an offensive team with Mariota? It really hasn't shown to be yet right you have oakland who's always a team that goes everywhere and Jacksonville's another team that always loses home games and goes everywhere so uh it's just a benefit that jacksonville got so good on defense right now but is that really a fun game for them to watch in london maybe not um but we'll see
0: jaguars could be the super bowl champions i, I wouldn't put it i'm not i'm not putting anything past the jaguars but i will say one thing while we're talking and um, you know, this is fun. We, we know that these games are going to be short, so it's going to be one of our shortest podcasts of the uh, of this of the year. Um, what do you think about uh, the whole Corey Davis um, game? Two touchdowns, one-handed catch um, in, last weekend, and and obviously Mariota's been a letdown, and we've talked about that at nauseum, um, but. Are, are are you excited going into next year? Is now Corey Davis? Is he moving up charts big time off one game? First time he had touchdown all season, and he has two. Um, are, are you excited for him? Because I know me and you both were on board. Or are you just like this offense just can't seem to get it done on the arm of Mariota?
1: Well, no, I think it's encouraging. I mean, it's absolutely encouraging that you see it, and that it happens in a big game, right now. The, the, the fact is, is that it, maybe it makes him a little bit more attractive for next year. He's still not going to be someone that you're going to have to reach for. But he look, the upside is just ridiculous, you know. Uh, and again, how much longer can Delaney Walker continue to steal uh, touches away from him? You know, who else is there? Eric Decker, uh, it's richard Matthews. That's the guy who is the biggest threat to anything. And look, Davis is the guy that they envision more to be that bigger outside receiver. So I'm I, I, I'm still I'm still there. Cool. Let's uh
0: let's go back to oh, the go the Patriots Jaguars a little bit, and you know what do you think about uh, the whole uh, Super Bowl guaranteed win by uh, Jalen? Basically, he's like, uh, he, what he say? He's like, we're winning the Super Bowl. Here's the, here's his quote: We're going to the Super Bowl,
1: and we're going to win that bitch. I think he's the greatest thing that's happened to NFL sound bites in a long time. God, he gets under people's skin.
0: When you see A.J. Green flipping out like he did earlier in the season, you know that this guy's just got – it. people just – just he just drives these guys nuts. And he can back up his game, man. I mean, what a stud. I mean, I think – you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about him a little bit when we get over to the Patriots side of the ball. Um, just who's he going to guard. There's a lot of talk about him on Brock But um, let's maybe just kind of close out anything – You may have uh, still remaining on the Jaguars offense um, or the Patriots defense for that matter. And uh, then we can move over to um, the other side.
1: I I don't really have too much else to say. Again, it's going to take in order for Jacksonville to win. It's going to have to be a run-heavy offense. They're going to have to run the ball 35 times. Probably going to have to put two touchdowns in on the ground. You're going to have to get a more workman-like game, kind of similar to what you had against Pittsburgh last week from Bortles. He's going to have to throw you at least 220 yards with at least a touchdown. Uh, That's, that's the the game plan. Now, will it happen? Let's, let's, let's talk about new England. Let's talk about, you know, again, I'm, I'm with you as much as you would like to say that I I think that new England would probably rather see, have seen Pittsburgh. I know that sounds crazy with all the weapons that they have, but this defense has so much speed and uh, ability all over it that it becomes scary. So let's, let's think about what Tom Brady's done, right? So Tom Brady had a great game last week, 337 yards with three touchdowns. Before that, though, um, you know, he threw for 190 yards, 224 yards, 298 yards against Pittsburgh, and then that Miami lost 233. And his three touchdowns that he had last week, he didn't have more than two touchdowns uh, in any of those other games. Well, let me,
0: let me go upon, you know, based on our pyro standard scoring um, that we do for our player rankings and any of our pieces throughout the season, um, you know, he had a 25.7 points last week. That was the most he'd had since week three against Houston. I mean, almost by a large margin. Um, you saw there's a tweet done by our boy Wheeler uh, earlier in the week. Basically, through weeks uh, one through ten, Tom Brady was averaging 21.2 fantasy points per game, and he had an uh, a NFL uh, passer rating of 110.9. Weeks 11 through 17, he, had, he was scoring 14.2 point fantasy points per game and only an 87.3 passer rating. So I'm with you, man. Other Until last week's game um, against the Titans, which, you know, amen, Brady gets going at the right time. This is a team that's in the past – lost home field advantage down the stretch because they're kind of running on autopilot. They're like, no, we're in the playoffs. We can turn it on. We've been here before, but I'm not worried about Brady for any other reason other than maybe this hand injury that I've been hearing about. Uh, But Brady's been a – he was a stud for for the first four games, kind of started tapering off for the next six, Um, and then he was a dud down the stretch. He was like literally outscored by – I don't know the number, but I guarantee you, he wasn't even a top ten fantasy quarterback uh, at week eleven through seventeen. Um, and that's not Tom Brady. S considering he's going to win MVP, and he basically finished fourth, uh, just be- behind uh, Alex Smith in fantasy scoring for the quarterback. Um, Alex Smith, obviously, and then I think ahead of him was Wentz, and or, uh sorry, Cam, and then ahead of him was uh, uh, Russell Wilson. So. Yeah. But he'll be fine. I mean, I think Brady, I'm not worried about this one unless Calais Calais uh, Campbell, and I don't even know how to pronounce that other stud uh, Hawaiian guy's name. But those guys, if they're bringing the heat and going in low, you know. That's the way that Brady gets more flustered than any other player in the league. If you can be hitting him and hitting him low, he looks at the refs, he starts getting pissed off, he's yelling at his offensive linemen. I mean – to be honest, to, to, to throw out a stat, uh, the last time, you know, they're, they're in their seventh straight uh, AFC title game, um, and the only time they lost at home in any of these title games were against, was against the Ravens. I think that was back in, what, 2011? Yeah. That was What's that? Defense. Yeah, that was the year that the Ravens were their front four, their front line was – crushing Brady they were going in low and Brady you could tell just like literally the first quarter you could tell that these guys had gotten to Brady they they broke him
1: yeah well let me make a point here because this is not the same Patriots you know yes they have all the weapons now right right we got Chris Hogan back you had Amendola you got Brandon Cooks you got Gronkowski everyone's healthy they got Dion Lewis you got James White uh you know so you have all these weapons there, but if I was to ask you, how do you think that the that the Patriots have gotten on their they after that loss to Miami, they've won four games in a row. Where where who's who's basically what's the reason why they've won those games?
0: I mean, I think
1: it's I, I don't their defense. Well, it, the defense is part of it, but well, on the offense Dink and Donkey. Not only dick and dunking running, listen to this. So uh, Brady in those four games has thrown for um, now, including his three touchdown game last week. Right. So he's thrown for uh, four or five, eight touchdowns and two interceptions. Okay. But they've had while. They had those eight touchdowns. They've also had seven touchdowns rushing. Mm -hmm. Now here's the other thing. and, you look at against Pittsburgh, they ran the ball 19 times for 77 yards and two scores. Then to finish out the year and going into Tennessee against Buffalo, they ran the ball 38 times for 193 yards and two scores. And the closer against the jets, they ran the ball 38 times for 147 yards and a score last week against Tennessee. They ran the ball 27 times for 101 yards and two scores. And the crazy thing is the guy who's getting all of the carries is a guy who we always thought was going to be the the, the the total receiving back, and that's Deion Lewis. He's doing everything.
0: And, and another guy that came through, I, I mean, I think it was last week, It's a guy that's been a special teamer for all of this year. We had not been talking about him from a fantasy standpoint for two years almost, Bolden.
1: Yeah, you can't count on Bolden for – here's a count on Bolden for Of course, but I agree with you. It's, but- it's a – it's all about Burkhead. Is Burkhead going to play now? If Burkhead plays, Bolden does nothing.
0: I agree. Hey, I'm not telling anyone to play Bolden in a fantasy or in your DFS lineups. And in all honesty, I think it's great that we're talking about the game so much because it trickles down to fantasy. It's it's there's there's four games. People that are playing DFS, amen to you. Uh, how many different lineups are there? Um, uh, you know, I, I basically, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm not, maybe I, I'm different than everyone else, but I stopped playing DFS at this point. I'm just, I, I'm, I'm not doing it. Um, no, are you I, in a league though, Houdini, that that, that that this game is still giving you points or yeah. on the flip side, what's that, what's that uh, post-season league? How are you doing in that?
1: Well, in my, in my league, this is our championship week. This is uh, the guys are drafting their teams tonight. So um, so they're picking this is our Super Bowl in my league that goes to the regular season in the playoffs and the playoffs. And in, my playoff, and in my two playoff leagues, I'm still alive in my two playoff leagues. Uh, the one where I had that I did on show 300, where I picked the five players. The players I picked have not done extremely amazing, but I still have a chance for, if it's the Jaguars and the Vikings that I would have four of my five players left in the Super Bowl. I told you to go. I told you to go, Diggs over Thielen. I know. Well, what happened? What are you going to do? Wait till see, wait till you see Thielen go nuts this week.
0: That's the problem. We'll talk about that when we get to him. But he seems a little banged up. But um, so let's keep going on Patriots. I think. Well, so here's maybe if you could look look up right now while I'm talking a little bit about Chris Hogan and, and see where uh, Burkhead uh, see if Rexy is playing um, or how he's feeling or where his what his status is. But I'd like to talk a little bit about Chris Hogan, who I think, I think basically Hogan and Amendola are, are going to be the X-Factors. Uh, Boye and Ramsey are so friggin' good, and I think they're basically going to put Boye on Cooks. Cooks is good, uh, but he ain't Antonio Brown good. Brown, you know, scored, had a huge game against Boye, uh, but those were the first two touchdowns Boye had given up all, all season. Um, that's, that's Antonio Brown. I think, uh, cooks, I know he's had a thousand yards. I know he had what nine touchdowns or whatnot, but the eye test this year, cooks did not have a good season. Um, he just did not really, it seems, he just seems small, seems apprehensive. Um, I just, when the ball's in the air, I just don't feel like cooks is going to come down with it. You know, whereas a guy like Diggs, who I was just mentioning, um, you know, when the ball's in the air with a guy like that, you just feel like he's coming out. When you feel, when the ball's in the air with a guy like uh, Brown, you feel like he's going to be the one that ends up with it in his hands. Um, but I think when you've got basically Boye guarding Cooks, which is what I think happens, and then I think Jalen Ramsey will guard with a little bit of probably uh, bump help, uh, will guard um, Gronkowski. Now you got Chris Hogan and Amendola that need – to be difference makers, they need to be the guys that fire it up. Amendola, he's coming off the the quietest ever, eleven catch, one hundred and twelve yard game, which he had last weekend against the Titans. Um, both of those are um, are, are career uh, post postseason career highs, um, and I like what he can do. But Chris Hogan, he's the X factor, really. I think because you know, basically Amendola is an extension of the running game. Um, he's just going to get these short sweet kind of Landry out of the slot type of plays. Chris Hogan, remember how hot he started out the season? Um, Basically he was lighting it up and then he hasn't had, but he didn't have on the season. He didn't have more than 80 yards in the game. Um, He had five touchdowns, but that's because he started out hot. Hasn't had one since week five since his shoulder injury. He's only had, got two – since coming back from his shoulder injury, what, three weeks ago, um, you know, kind of tepidly they brought him back and maybe he didn't play much in week 17. But he's only got two catches for five yards. This guy has a lot to prove in this game. And I think that he's, go, he's got a good game. And I know that Brady does like him. But I feel like Hogan can get make something happen in, the, in, in this game. And if he can – He could be the difference maker because I think they're going to consider him as an afterthought. And, um, you know, I just think there could be some good plays uh, with Chris Hogan. He's an X factor for me.
1: Well, he's definitely an X factor, but I think you have to look at what they kind of did last week and kind of think that this is going to be a, a a similar type of situation. Again, I I definitely think that there's no reason that you're going to waste Jalen Ramsey guarding Brandon cooks. I think you can let Boye go ahead and take that challenge. I think that, you got to kind of do a mixture with um, uh, where you're going to be moving uh, Ramsey either to uh, to Hogan or to Gronkowski and potentially Amendola if it becomes another game like like last week where Amendola gets 13 targets. I think Jalen Ramsey becomes your shutdown type of uh, of that guy that I'm just going to who do I need to agitate? Who do I need to get out of their out of their game? And that's who I'm going to put him on. Now what's going to be interesting. Is you know, obviously the, the 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 situation with him guarding Gronk, I think it's really interesting. But I think that you also are going to need to give a little bit of help. And 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 remember, the Jaguars still have some very amazingly athletic linebackers, whether it be Puzluzny po- or whether it be Miles Jack or whether it be Telvin Smith that can run like 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 little uh, gazelles. So, um, you know, they'll be able to potentially keep up as well. And so. I I wouldn't be surprised if you almost kind of give a Gronk a little bit of a chip and then, and then uh, help with Ramsey, but Ramsey likes to play everyone straight up. So I don't know. We'll see. I just think that I don't, I think that the the bulk of where you're going to see new England strike is going to be that dink and dunk the underneath the quick passes. Don't let Brady get rattled. Don't let Brady stand in there, and get hit, which that takes away those deep passes to Hogan, takes away the deep passes to, uh, to cooks and makes you play more of that. The longer passes being like what we saw last week on the, on the pass plays to Gronk and then everything else pretty much underneath and just, let's just keep the offense moving and keep their defense on the field.
0: Yep. I, I, I can see that. You're, you're right. And it seems like when the ball goes long distances um, against this Jaguars teams, going back to kind of what I was saying about with Cooks, you kind of feel like one of those, their guys is going to come away with it in, in the 50-50 balls.
1: 100%. So, look, I think that this is, again, as long as if, if the Patriots can keep Brady upright, I think that's going to be the most important thing. And in, in order to do that, it's going to be the short, quick passes, uh, intermediate passing game. So I think you're going to see a heavy a uh, 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 target load for Gronk. I think you're going to see a very heavy target load for Dion Lewis out of the backfield, and I think that you're also going to see a decent target load, uh, you know, for for Amendola. Not going to be nearly as much as it was last week, because I do think that they want to, to try to. They're going to have to try to to push the ball at some point in time. So, you know, they keep always trying with Cooks. Cooks had nine targets last week, only caught three of them. So, I, I and I and I'm I'm with you. The eye test for me is that if they try Cooks once or twice and it doesn't work, then they'll just abandon that whole outfit and go somewhere else.
0: Yeah, they don't – I don't think Cooks – got to move him around more. I think Cooks has got to be more of a gadgetry kind of guy moving forward for him. Again, I know he had a great season, stat, end of of, uh, 16 games. But I think next year they're going to really have to get creative with him um, to figure out how to keep him moving, put him in motion – Get him the ball on some runs. they just gonna. He, he, he just can't be split out there with the some of these. The way that he gets the big DB and or this big CB or whatever, and they just he's just not good once he gets hit at the line. So we'll see. Um, I feel pretty good about this game. Uh, you, you got anything else you, wanna throw? you want to throw? You got any more loads you want to throw out there?
1: No, I I, I just think that um, I think we should let's move to the next game because I think the next one is going to be. Really interesting, um, I, again, this is, I, I kind of, it, it's kind of akin to, think about, I just, I'm just generally thinking about this Final Four again, and we're kind of back into old school football. It's some of the best defenses that are, that are still alive. It's not the top offenses. Yeah. So let's talk about this next game, which features two great uh, defenses. But before we do that, let's keep some lights on. beat me to that,
0: Houdini. Nice work. I like it. Savvy individual. All right. We got the Vikings at the Eagles, the second game on the 20th, this Sunday. Um, this one starts at 640 Eastern time. So make sure you got your spot on the couch, um, got your one pipe ready to go, throwing back some wine-dini or Valverdez. And um, and this one, this one's going to be a good one. And I can't even imagine. Uh, uh, maybe it wouldn't be so good if Wentz was still around. But – the fact that the Eagles could still go to the Super Bowl and have a good shot there if they get there, based on um, everything else besides Wentz is uh, is a testament to this franchise moving forward. Um, but this game, Vegas Scott, the Vikings winning it. Um, you know they, they think the projected score will be twenty-two point seven to seventeen points for the Eagles, and again, that's off the odd shark. It changes a little bit based on whatever site you go to. Uh, right now the Eagles are favored by three, um, lots, lots that can, lots that can happen here. You know, They the Vikings have the momentum. They have the, you know, the, the what was that? The miracle, um, what was it? What do they call that play the other day with the, uh,
1: is it, is it the Millie Minneapolis miracle, Minnesota miracle?
0: Minnesota miracle. They've got that kind of momentum, sweet originality on the name there guys. Um, I think that we've already had the miracles doing done a couple too many times on NFL plays, but they've got the momentum. Eagles were able to uh, kind of get their job, get their thing done. Um, but you're playing in Philadelphia, which is a, a rowdy spot and uh, and, uh, and, and, and a truly an advantage for uh, the Vikings who are from a cold area. They're, they play indoors, and you're going to be going to the Eagles. I don't know what the temperature is supposed to be um, in Philadelphia, but uh, – you talk to a lot of experts and you listen to a lot of experts and you read a lot of sites and pro- uh, projected winners and a lot of the people that are picking the Eagles to win this game, it's very, very severely based on the fact that that home field advantage is going to bring them those ex- that extra you know, four to six points
1: well i I understand what that where that thought process lies. Uh, I'm not gonna buy into it uh, when you live in Minneapolis, I think you get accustomed to the cold. Uh, the other thing is that they do have to play in Chicago and in Green Bay uh, and they tend to do that pretty good uh, they shut Green Bay out uh, if you remember second to last game of the year uh, in Green Bay sixteen to nothing so I'm not worried about that. So let's let's think about the Vikings and, and Case Keenum. Case Keenum had, you know. Take a little, take a little wrong and get, get, drop some knowledge. So with, with Case Keenum, you know, last week was a huge game. It was all in that last touchdown. He didn't have a touchdown pass until that 61-yarder to Diggs. He finished with 318 yards, uh, one touchdown and one pick. The week before that, he threw for 189 yards. The week before that, 139 yards. The week before that, 236. And then you got to go all the way back against Carolina. He threw for 280 yards and two touchdowns. Um, and, and that's going to tell you that this is not how this team is going to – is going to do it the way that this team wins is by defense is by doing just enough with the passing game but by really basing themselves as a running attack team they play like a cold weather team they play like a team that's in the nfc north let's go back to when they played atlanta and so we're going back to the last six games that the vikings have had and how many times they've run and how how they've done 31 carries against atlanta for 105 yards no scores Carolina they ran 21 times for 100 yards no touchdowns against Cincinnati uh, 34 carries 124 yards and a touchdown against Green Bay 33 carries for 112 yards against Chicago 36 carries 147 yards and two touchdowns and against New Orleans 29 carries 95 yards two touchdowns this is a team that is going to run the ball 25 plus times against you no matter what so they – they while Case Keenum has had an amazing season, it's not been because of Case Keenum that they're winning. When you look at going back from New Orleans back up to Atlanta, one touchdown, one touchdown, one touchdown, two touchdowns, two touchdowns, two touchdowns. In the last three games, he's totaled three passing touchdowns. So you may hope for some yardage, but remember that the Eagles are a good defense. The Eagles, though, uh, people think, well – They're a great run defense. People haven't scored a lot of touchdowns against them. Well, that's right. You know, against the Giants, we're the last team to score a rushing touchdown against them, uh, and they had uh, 75 yards on 23 carries for a score. But against Oakland, Dallas, and Atlanta, Oakland ran the ball 33 times for 137 yards. Okay? Uh, Dallas ran the ball 32 times for 129 yards in a victory. And Atlanta last week was held at 86, carries on 20, uh, 86 yards on 20 carries. Atlanta is not going to do, or the Vikings are not going to do what Atlanta did. They're not going to run the ball just 20 times and rely on Case Keenum. They're going to rely on their defense to keep them in it. And Nick Foles should not scare you. And I don't think that the Vikings are scared by Nick Foles. And what the, you know, since Nick Foles took over, the the Eagles have put up 34 points in their first game against the Giants, a horrendous team. Then they put up 19 against Oakland, zero against Dallas, and only 15 against Atlanta at home last week. The Eagles,
0: second-best defense against the run in fantasy points allowed. And I think as far as not from a fantasy standpoint, I think they're considered the number one rushing um, defense. Um, why do you think, and, and you just proved that Case Keenum, while he's everyone's darling right now, I mean, in any of those games you mentioned, he never had 300 yards, so they're going to have to do it on the ground. Um, Why do you think that uh, uh, Latavius Murray, a guy that's been a pro bowler, a guy that's had his moments, um, or um, McKinnon, Jarek McKinnon, are going to be able to get stuff done uh, against this uh, Eagles defense? And on the flip side, before you answer that, which one do you like getting the, the battering ram or the scat back and getting the ball on the outside and getting more of the, the third down back action in the, in the quick passes, w- you know, which guy do you like better? And is there a reason to think if Keenum isn't the reason they're winning that against this Eagles defense, that the Vikings are going to be able to really get anything done.
1: Well, here's the point. Uh, the reason I was giving you those rushing yards and, and attempts that the Eagles have faced since Nick Foles has taken over that's why they had such a great run defense statistically was when they had Carson Wentz under center, they were jumping on everyone. I, I think first quarter scoring, I think they like the differential for them was like a hundred points or something. Yep. So teams had to abandon the run against the Eagles defense. And they, and, and that's why they were then turning the ball over. Um, And what we're seeing now here toward the end and, and in the playoffs is that Nick Foles is not going to generate that offense like, Carson Wentz was so without that strong push other teams are able to stick to the running game and try to wear down the Eagles defense because that is actually where you you can have some effectiveness I look at this game is to your second question who's going to do it the battering ram or is it Jarek McKinnon if I'm going to put my money on it I'll put my money on uh, Latavius Murray for it, again, we talk about this a lot in fantasy when deciding who you're going to play. Do I want that slow and steady guy? I'll take the slow and steady guy who's probably only going to get an average of about 3.2 yards per carry. Okay, uh, so <laughs> give him like 15 carries for like uh, what 40 for 50 yards, and and I think that he gets a touchdown. I think that's the only reason. I think with McKinnon, you probably end up with maybe more yardage because you're going to get some burst plays. But is he going to score the touchdown? So, depending on how you're looking at scoring, um, I, I would say the safe play is, is Murray, and I would say the the boom play is McKinnon. And I'm a I'm a boom player, and I have to pick one of these guys actually for my uh, uh, my my repick for this week. I'm going to pick McKinnon going forward, just because of uh, uh, the, when you need points, you need someone who's more dynamic, and you got to get Murray off the field at that point. Interesting. And I love your point,
0: to be honest, like the Eagles are the hardest team in the NFL to run against uh, this year, as I mentioned, and they allowed 79.2 yards a game. And I, and I never, you know, it's great to talk through this with the, your point on um, the Eagles being able to get out in front so fast with Wentz and just watching those games. It was always ridiculous. The game was all, their games were over like so fast.
1: tell so uh, let so let me, let me well, ask you this point. Hang on, you said that it was seventy-nine point one yards per game? Seventy-nine point two uh on the season. Okay, and if you go back, so since Foles has taken over, they've given up seventy-five, one thirty seven, one twenty nine, and eighty six in a game where where uh, uh, uh again Atlanta did nothing. Yeah.
0: No, I'm 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 backing I'm backing up your point. I think it's great. I think it's hard. You're gonna have a great rush defense on yards allowed if the team's not allowed to run and they got to be passing to make keep it in keep it in the game. And you want what else? You're gonna have a great beer belly if you love throwing back.
2: Oh, there it is.
1: Nice. No wine, Deanies. I well, I already I, I poured one while you were talking at one point in time. So wine Retro- Retroactive wine, <laughs> Um, all right, so
0: here's a, a here's a question I've, I've got for you. Um, do you know what the skull Viking chant is?
1: What the what the what Viking chant is? Skull S K O L Viking chant is. No, but I know what the most annoying thing at the Vikings games is. What is it? Uh-huh.
0: That. That's in part it, yes. That's their, the, that's their, their whole thing. Do you hear that um, Peyton, um, before the last play of that game, they were doing the Skull Chant, and the uh, Saints were up. And check this out. There's video of it, which is weird. The video is actually – maybe it's from NFL film, but the video actually looks like someone on the Saints like really close to uh, Peyton. But basically, Peyton got some serious um uh justice or karma thrown back in his face. He was basically ripping on the crowd during the Skull viking chant. i i
1: I've found it here he's mocking it let me let me see I'm gonna play it and see if uh if it uh if you hear this i don't know otherwise I can mute it yeah, play it put it near the microphone. Oh wait, do they have the video oh no, okay, there's no video okay, right, so it's yeah, just a picture of him. Like- it's an annoying song. It's basically that sound
0: and they chant some stuff. Um, but I thought it was interesting that I was like, what is school? So I did a little research and it's basically a Norwegian. The word school is Norwegian for cheers and good health. So they're taking this whole biking thing and, uh, and, and running it through. So amen to them, respect that. But again, like the crowd, it's like, you hear, they clap a couple times. Um, could be could be sweeter.
1: So let me ask you this: so, so uh, if you're looking at the defensive stats for um, uh, for the Eagles, because now let's let's talk about the wide receivers, and uh, I, I want to talk about you know is is the are the Eagles, if I remember correctly, one of the teams that's one of the best at stopping tight ends.
0: They're the best against the running back for the reasons we talked about. But no, they're they're actually. They're sixth overall, and this is just fantasy. I'm not going, you know, I'm kind of, we're kind of merging both. Like that last 79.2 is all about yards allowed or whatever, more NFL than fantasy. But based on our pyro power uh, rankings, um, the Eagles are the sixth defense in um, points allowed. at 67 uh, even. Uh, Vikings are number one at 57.1. Um, so, they, you know, the Vikings have allowed 10 points per game less than the Eagles. But the spot that the Eagles really shine has been uh, running back, versus the running back, which is their two, second overall behind the Vikings. They're 10th at quarterback. Vikings are third. Um, they're 19th against wide receivers. Uh, Vikings are eighth. And they're 14th against tight ends. And the Vikings are first. So really the only place they're, they're susceptible to wide receivers, the Eagles are, And in all honesty, I think even though how we talked about Keenan's arm, I think with Thielen and Diggs riding high, I think they're going to be getting it done a lot. And just knowing that front four, how good it is for the Eagles, um, I I do think it's going to be more of a passing game than I think other people do.
1: Well, I I think that it's going to be. I, I I know the, the Vikings are going to run the ball. I, I gave you the numbers, 31 carries, 21 carries, 34 carries, 33, 36, 29. They're going to run the ball 25 plus times. They've still thrown the ball a lot too. I mean, even when they ran 29 times last week, they threw the ball 40 times. And when they ran the ball 36, they threw the ball 29. So there are going to be those, those attempts. Now, the thing is, you got to look at what Case Keenum does. Case Keenum is a guy that actually has some pretty decent accuracy numbers like he completes 25 of 30 27 of 44 20 of 23 14 of 25 21 of 29 25 of 40 so he's he's a he's an accurate guy he's not trying to push and take too much he's going to take what the defense gives him and why do you do that because you have a defense behind you For so sure. w- when i look at that i say you know you said well Thielen, uh, you might be worried he might be a little dinged up he's fine But he's the guy that everyone knows about, and he's the guy that's the big play uh, option in the offense. So defenses are going to look to try to take him away more, right? But that's why Diggs was able to step up. And Diggs really had the same stats as Thielen until that 61-yard catch at the end. They both had like 70 yards. So that tells me Keenum's going to go to who's open whether that be Kyle Rudolph, Stefan Diggs, Adam Thielen. He'll look Thielen first, but then he's going to come underneath and Diggs is his release, and so is, uh, is, uh, is Rudolph. And in the red zone, uh, you know, that's where you got to look more, think about Thielen and think about Rudolph when they're close into that, you know, inside the 10-yard line.
0: Yep. I like uh, – just put it out here, you know, we'll talk about – maybe we'll go back and, and mention who we think's is going to win that Patriots Jaguars.
1: Who do you think is going to win this game? Vikings, I'm 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 all on board by uh, Vikings against the uh, the Patriots, but I'm rooting for the Jaguars and I'm rooting for the Vikings.
0: You're rooting for the Vikings, all right? I think it's going to be the Patriots, and I know it sucks, but I'm kind of rooting for the Patriots. Um, and I think I think Philadelphia is going to win this game. Um, I I know they shouldn't on paper but I, I think i think the eagles i think it's going to be the eagles uh patriots and sadly enough i think the patriots are going to slaughter them in the super right. bowl but i um, Let no, so no, i just no, want to throw that out there i was going to do it maybe at the end but we were just kind of I, I knew I, I was i was sensing a a viking love and i know that i think um no. i i i like I, I think it's going to be a great game um but I, I definitely I, I sort of think the Eagles are gonna get it done. And the sad thing is what I say what I said earlier is I, I think that it, if Wentz was still healthy, I think the Eagles would have won the Super Bowl this year.
1: No, that's that's completely fine and I can and I can understand where you're coming from. But so I'm glad you actually brought it up when you did. So let's switch over to the Eagles side because I am again, you read that you read the Vikings numbers uh for their defense. This is one of the top defenses in the, in the game that transfers in a dome, outside of a dome, anywhere you go. So I've told you the numbers uh, offensively for Nick Foles since uh, he's been leading the team, scoring 34 points, 19 points, then 0 and 15 against Atlanta. Uh, tell me why the Eagles are going to win. Tell me, tell me who, who I can trust on this team that, that is going to bring it home.
0: It's a great question. I think it's because of the defense. I think it's because of the home crowd first and foremost. But I don't think it's going to be Alshon Jeffrey because he's going to be shadowed by Xavier Rhodes, um, who I think just will absolutely nullify Alshon. Um, quick, quick, quick,
1: quick point. He also knows Alshon very well because Alshon was a Bear and he played against him twice a year. So I'll look up Alshon versus Minnesota uh, while he was a Bear while you talk.
0: Okay. I'm thinking kind of the way that I wasn't thinking last week. I think Foles will get his get his work done. I think he'll get his job done. He'll be better than we think. And I think they've got other weapons. I think they've got other elements on their team that can help them get it done. But I think the long ball to Torrey Smith is going to be a great play. Not really. Ertz should be in prime for a pretty good one, I think. Aguilar, I think, is ready to uh, have a pretty good game as well. And then I love the kind of, I love the the backfield. In all honesty, I, uh, Ajay, I think, is it got to kind of. Hopefully, they 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 kept it too balanced, to be honest. Um, in the last week's game, Ajay got 15 carries, and they gave nine to Blunt. I hope that they kind of just feed Ajay a bit more. Um, cause I think they need that. I think he's just a, a better back. Um, I think he's better inside. He's better outside. He's, he's bigger than Blount. It, you know, he's just, he's just better. So stop trying to keep this some balanced tackle Garrett Blount. I like him on the goal line, but uh, give a jot. You went and got Ajay, give a shot. Give it, give him the rock. But I like the fact that they've got other weapons and a, and a young, a uh, young attack there. And, um, and just in general, I think all three phases of the game, um, I sound like Bill Belichick, or <laughs> I hope I did. Um, I think that, that the Eagles are a better team, and then when you got that crazy fandom going there, and the the uh, the weather, the outdoor stuff. And I agree with your points a bit on Vikings have played a lot of outdoor football, going the Bears and Lambeau. But I, I, that's that's kind of what I'm thinking. I think they're going to be able to put a game. I think both squads. I think it's going to be a lower scoring game. Um, and I think both squads are going to be able to control the ball, play error-free football on offense, and I think it's going to be a slugfest, and I, could, I just kind of feel like the Eagles are going to just have that little additional uh, something because they're at home, and um, that th- then I think the Vikings will. The Vikings, I feel like, after watching Diggs, who made an incredible play, after that Minnesota miracle, after, that, after the way they celebrated after that and the way the team was on that ultimate high, it's kind of gone. I can't name specifics, but it's like it feels like they almost won their championship already um, and kind of have like exhausted There's so much excitement there that I, I feel like Philadelphia's going to get the job done.
1: Well, I appreciate you looking inside of the soul of these teams. Um, but when I look at the stats of these teams, I cannot make a case for how uh, the Eagles are going to win. And and here's why. I understand what you're saying about feeding a Jai more. Leading up to that game against Atlanta. So, again, the, the previous three games in the final uh, to end the year with Nick Foles at quarterback, starting with the Giants, they ran 27 times for 108 yards. That was their best rushing performance they've had with Nick Foles. Then against Oakland, they ran the ball 21 times for 78 yards as a team. Against Dallas, 18 times for 70 yards. Against Atlanta, they they committed to the run, 32 carries, 96 yards, and a touchdown. To me, I look at that and I say, this is exactly what the Vikings are going to do. The Vikings are going to say, we are not going to let you run the ball. You're gonna have to make Nick Foles beat us, and we're gonna let Everson Griffins, t- uh, you know, uh, t- just turn his hat backwards and just come after the quarterback, and gonna make Foles make bad decisions, and that's one thing that he does is make bad decisions when pressured. So the fact that they're number one against tight ends takes away probably the best threat that the that the uh, the Eagles have in Zach Ertz. Here's the positive news for you about Alshon Jeffrey. Alshon Jeffrey either has a dog game. He's had two games with like one catch for 10 yards against the Vikings, but then he's had games of like four for 63 in a score, but he's had two huge games of like 11 catches for 130 yards in a score against Minnesota. So there's that history. Is it Nelson Aguilar? But the, the, the problem is that those are the guys who are going to have to win it. It's going to have to be Alshon going to have to be Nelson Aguilar and it's going to have to be um uh Zach Ertz overcoming uh, the odds of this great defense I just don't know how I can make a case that that is actually going to happen
0: I hear you and I, the one thing I was saying as much as I've given Ertz uh, credit I mean not Ertz uh Wentz credit for uh, if he was there I think it'd be a totally different deal and things have um become closer and more competitive here is let's remember the Eagles I had to do a lot, a lot most of the season with uh, Wentz there, but the Eagles were the number two scoring team, just behind the Patriots. And they were above the Saints, above the Rams for fantasy.
1: Wait, uh, hold on, hold on. If Wentz is there, I'm picking the Eagles. No, I got you. I got you. Okay. I got you. I'm just saying. I just, I just want you to know. And I and I and I would Elshon Jeffrey and Nelson Aguilar. These would all be. I'd be very high on them, and I'd be higher on their running backs too because they wouldn't be able to uh, set their defense to say we're just going to make Nick Foles beat us because you wouldn't say let's make Carson Wentz beat us because he will beat you. Well, and I, you know I fully know that.
0: I know that, I know that you're a fan of, of, of Wentz, and I, I know that you'd probably be on Philadelphia or you'd be on Philadelphia if you was there. But what I'm trying to say is that I, I just think that Foles has enough experience – and can live up to the moment. And if he doesn't, he doesn't. And the Vikings are going to win. But I think they're going into this game after uh, uh, the, the performance last week that I personally, myself, I thought that the Falcons were going to the Super Bowl. I told you that. I but, thought they were going to win that game. But Foles played well, and I think that while he ain't even close to Wentz, I don't think all of a sudden with Foles, the Eagles offense, who was number two in scoring – when with with their starter is all of a sudden now a bottom feeder, and okay. I think I think Foles can live up to the moment in the same way that like his competition is is Keenum, who isn't is nothing special regardless. And I think both running games are going to have such a tough time with running against these stacked uh, defensive lines. I just think it's going to be hard to run the ball in this game for both. Right. And and mm-hmm. I, think that I don't I don't I don't think that I give. Such an advantage to Keenum over a Foles, um, I, I, I just I just don't. So that's my thing. We're both speculating, and we're both okay. guys that a year ago were essentially nobodies. But well, <laughs> um, listen, now they've got to bring. I, I think because of the tough run I think these guys. It's one of these guys is going to live up to the moment, and the other isn't. And I, I think Foles in that home
1: field can do it. All right, listen, listen. I understand everything you're saying, but you made my argument for me, okay? Here's the other thing, before I get to the full argument. You said that the way that the Vikings responded to that game was like akin to them winning the Super Bowl. I can make the exact same case for Philadelphia, how they won that game uh, akin to winning the Super Bowl for them because they were an underdog. They were a home team number one seed underdog against a team that was a road victor in the week before. OK, yeah. now you made the point about it's going to come down to the running game. This is the point that I've been making again since Nick Foles has taken over. You look at the how much the, the, the Eagles have run 27 times 21 1832. How effective they've been 108 78 70 96 versus a team that has been for the last six weeks. 31 carries, 21, 34, 33, 36, 29 for 105, 100, 124, 112, 147, 95. Both teams have not been consistently good, but there's one team that has been consistently committed to running, and that is the Vikings. And when you're committed to doing that and you've been doing that, you have better balance. And they've also gotten better results out of their passing game than have uh, the the Uh Nick Foles. Nick Foles who threw four passing touchdowns against the Giants and in his last three games has thrown one touchdown and two interceptions. I,
0: I got you, but I will say this. I'm saying that it's going to come down to passing, not running. I think these defenses are so good against the run that honestly, it's Foles against Keenum. And I think that Foles can live up to the moment. And while I think that Diggs and King Thielen and uh and are the probably the best are the better wide receiver tandem and i I think that the the talent across the board on the offense that can catch the ball for the Eagles is better with the earths with um, Tory Smith with uh you know Aguilar and obviously with um, um our, I'm spacing our bears guy that I, we were just talking about uh Jeffrey. And thank God Jeffrey has had good games. that gives me hope. but honestly, I think it's going to come down to the passing game because I think that these rushing defenses are that good and um there's no question the the, the, the Vikings have a better secondary um, with Harris and with Xavier Rhodes than do the Eagles but I and so that 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 should that should back up your argument but I do think I don't think it's going to come down to the running game. I don't. I think it's going to
1: come well, to the passing. Well, I, well, here's what I'll say. I, I think you're right. And I think it's going to come down to the passing game and which team fails because it's going to come down to that defense that's going to create the turnovers off of the passing game and which defense and special teams, special teams is going to play a major part in this game. Field possession field Favors position, the Eagles. Well, we'll find out because field position is going to be the biggest uh, thing here who's going to who, but there's a problem that the Eagles may have was that guy who's at home, maybe deciding to try to make something happen with a punt return and then muffs it. And then all of a sudden now they've, you know, given up a, kind of like what we saw, how Jacksonville jumped on uh, Pittsburgh, right?
0: we're on the same page, buddy. We just, we're just picking different teams. I completely agree with everything you just said. Um, I don't know who's going to have that game. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of putting my eggs in the Philadelphia basket. Um, and again, I'm not. I don't have a horse in the race. So I, I like. I like. To be honest, I probably like the, the Minnesota. I like people from Minnesota. I like the team better. I just sort of think that the uh, Eagles can do it.
1: Um, hey. This is this is two embittered franchises that have uh, the Eagles have uh, not won a Super Bowl and the Vikings have not won a Super Bowl. Uh, the, the Eagles have lost two. The Vikings have lost three or four. Right. Something crazy,
0: yeah. And the, when you look at like this, the, the states that have championships in any sport, both of them are like way down in in the in the uh, in the cellars. Well, no, uh,
1: no, hold on, hold on. Pittsburgh is in the same state as as Philadelphia.
0: Uh, okay, you know, okay, fine. not state. Sorry, I, I can only say that for Minnesota city. Fair enough. Good point. You got me. you got me,
1: Deanie. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Hey, listen, I, I, I don't think I got anything else to say, but again, my final allegiance is going here. I'm all on, on Minnesota over Philadelphia. I believe that New England's going to win, but I am rooting, rooting, rooting for Jacksonville and uh, a Minnesota Jacksonville uh, Super Bowl. That'd be awesome. I,
0: I, I, I'm not I can't say I'm
1: rooting for for the Patriots. You
0: know, I'm a Brady guy. You know, I like them. I don't hate them like everyone else does. But it would be awesome for Jacksonville to beat them and go to the Super Bowl. So it's not like if it's not like um, you know Peyton Manning and the Broncos beating uh, Tom Brady to get into the Patriots. So that one I'm open ended. I'd like to see maybe I think the Patriots in the Super Bowl feels like it's a little more prime time. Like again, I said at the start of the show, a Jaguars. Uh, Eagles game and I'm picking Eagles does it almost feels very I'd be more excited for the commercials than I have been in a
1: long time Um let me ask but, you this let me yeah. let me ask you this because to me this is kind of a new the, if it is Minnesota Jacksonville it's completely new era right uh, because it's, it's Dead changing, ball era. right changing everything over Brady is the last bastion here of the old era, right? We knocked out Breeze and Roethlisberger in the previous round that it would have been like all old school had that happened, but now it's hey, no, it's the new era teams. It's Minnesota. Hey, it's it's Jacksonville. Hey, look, we got, we got an emerging uh, Philadelphia team that uh, is going to be there like they were under McNabb and Reed for all those years, but maybe could be even better. Yeah,
0: I agree with you. I think NFL HQ and Goodell are like, fuck, they wanted the Saints Patriots, but I'm with you i uh i I agree with that um just awesome show. I think I've got really nothing else. I'll say that uh the music that we had to start off is one of my favorite uh bands ever came across them randomly uh when I went down to um a music fest Shaky knees music festival down in Atlanta um a couple years ago, and they were playing i honestly had never even heard of them never heard of anybody talking about them and um we just kind of randomly, no, none of my buddies were. We were there. None of them were like, "We got to see this band." I love this band. We just kind of were sitting there drinking beers, and this band came on, and I friggin' love them. And I know you would love them too, Houdini, because they're just they're not like my hard edge style uh, D-Rex stuff. And the band is for uh, phosphorescent, just a good band. Um, I think they should probably have a new record out this year. Um, the opener of that song is "Ride On." Um, right on, right on. Um, that was what we listened to at the beginning, and then the closer on it is going to be a charm, a blade. And uh, both of these are off the album. Hold on, give me a minute. Sorry, buddy. Uh, off of mucho de lujo and just good stuff. So, um, Dini, always a pleasure to talk with you. Let's Wait. stay in touch this week. I'd like to hear where you're watching the Super Bowl. Um, and obviously, we'll be doing a show or two before the Super Bowl. Um, but man, good, always good to talk. Hope, hope all is well.
1: Yeah, and before I leave, I'll, I'll give you a wine, a dini, wine, dini. I love you, brother.
0: It's we're, uh, we're 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 a show or two between, and I know you're like me. You, we both enjoy doing the off season strategy. Free flow. Hey, what do we want to talk about this today? Um, and get in get into it there. Then we gotta talk about these games and these matchups. So we're pretty close again to, to having that exciting off season time, um, which is fun as hell for both you and I. I know.
1: Indeed, man. Well, let's uh en- enjoy the weekend of football and uh and then we'll get ready for the Super Bowl. Can't wait.
0: Nice. Everyone, we love you. Thanks for listening to us. Good luck. Hope your team wins. Um, Make sure you do an audit of your fantasy season and your league, whether you're, you know, you won it or you lost it. Do that audit. Review your team. Review the teams in your league. Do it now while it's fresh. Uh, Memory muscle, all that good stuff. Close out music. Phosphorescent. A charm. A blade.
2: Ten long limbs I hold Lazy rolling things of gold Trust me down in New York crowd Lay me down in anything I'll do Rest apart the skin still hard